Well, good morning, New Hope Community Church, and welcome to our home. Um, it is so good to be able to see you guys last weekend. Thank you to everybody again who came out and, and just participated and everybody who helped put the event on. I, I remember just how good it is to see everyone and just talk and have true human interaction. Um, so thanks again. And you know, what's so exciting is it's hard to tell, it's hard to see um, what's going on in the church when we're just meeting like this. But God is moving. God is moving through our Zoom groups. Like who knew, right? <laughs> um, that our, our Zoom groups, we have got a bunch of ladies on every Thursday night. We've got our men meeting on Saturday mornings. We've got our cakeys on Sundays. And that God is moving. We might not see the fruit of this season. We might not see what God is producing and what he's doing, but be, um, you can rest assured that God is moving. And how amazing is that, that we got to baptize Brooke and her, and her son. And so um, we look forward to the day that we can continue to meet. But until then, church, we're going to stay strong and encouraged in the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Isaiah 40 is perhaps one of my most favorite uh, passages of scripture. And this is like, like, I don't know, maybe you can describe it as like a vitamin B12 shot in your arm or something, because um, it's such a good dose of encouragement. The heading for the, in the, in your Bible, most people have comfort. And the, and the first two words is comfort, comfort for my people. And that God's heart is to comfort and encourage and give strength to his people who feel weary and tired and worn out. And I don't know about you, but what a draining, emotional, exhausting season. Just this week alone and all of the stuff that has happened with the election. Um, if I can be honest and real with you, we'll be kind of transparent. Uh, we film this ahead of time. So right now it's Friday evening um, at 647. Uh, it would be, we, I think still right now, we don't know who the president will be next year. And um, what an emotional roller coaster. But God is in control and we can rest in that no matter who is president, no matter what our disappointments may be, uh, God is in control and he has comfort and encouragement for you today. So let's read. We're going to read from Isaiah 40, 25 through 31. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of, of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I think one of the most 
uh, frustrating things I find when I read the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when you see God do these amazing miracles and you know the people of God are delivered and it's like, yeah, everything is awesome. And then it seems like, like the next chapter or the next few verses, it's like, oh, like they were so excited. And then, you know, God delivers them from Egypt. He parts the Red Seas. And then Moses uh, goes onto a mountain for a few days. And uh, the people build themselves a golden calf. And it's like, I mean, what, been two minutes since they've been delivered from Egypt and how quickly uh, the people of God are, are we can forget and, and, and be consumed by discouragement. Um, I remember uh, when I was younger, I think I was in my early 20s and I was just, uh, you know, studying. I think I was doing a homework assignment and I was like, oh my gosh, like they, they don't get it. They never get it. And I'm getting frustrated um, with Israel. And then I was like, wait, this is me. Like how quickly I forget the goodness and the benefits and the miracles of God. And as soon as I, I feel discouragement or as soon as I face something hard, it's like, oh no, the sky is falling. What do I do? And I try to work things out in my own strength. But today for God's people, uh, he has encouragement for you. You can rest and know that he is God. And so where we see the Israelites in this chapter, they are in Babylonian captivity. And we see in verse 27, um, it says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? So God is asking uh, Israel this question. Why do you say that my way is hidden from the Lord? And he, he has disregarded. I've been disregarded by my God. Why are you saying uh, that I've abandoned you, that I have forgotten you? And so where the people are at, that God's presence is still with them, but their hearts and where they're at and how quickly they've forgotten, they feel that God has forgotten them. They feel that God has abandoned them. This is God of the universe. They are God's chosen people. And when I say they feel forgotten by God or Israel quickly forgets, I don't mean that like they just completely have no recollection or memory of God. What I mean is they they forget who God is. And so what they do in these um, problems or these struggles or these trials, like so many of us is like, why God, what are you doing? When, when will you deliver me? How are we going to get through this? Instead of, I know who God is. I remember what he can do. Didn't he rescue us? Didn't he deliver us? Hasn't he come and proven himself again and again? The people forget um, the goodness and the godness of who the Lord is. And what I love about this chapter and what the Lord has for us today is the greatness of who he is. God is going to lay it out for us. And I don't know about you, but I can really use some encouragement and some big godness in my life right now. And so I'm going to give you three ways to keep from forgetting who the Lord is so that when you are boggled down by discouragement and when life struggles and trials come your way, that you will remember that there is a God who sees you and loves you and knows you. And um, we cannot forget that in these seasons. So here are the three points. Are you ready? Look up, wake up, 
and wait up. In verse 26, we see, look up. God's answer to the people where they say, you know, you don't understand. You don't, you've forgotten us. You've disregarded our ways. Um, God's answer to them is look up. We see in verse 26, God says, lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and might and strength. Not one of them is missing. You see, sometimes I think we can underestimate uh, the discouragement of our hearts. You know, we have a lot of things coming at us and we feel discouraged and we're like, yeah, I'm fine. And we kind of maybe brush it off. But what we don't realize is how affected we are by discouragement, how affected we can be by anxiety and by doubt and how affected we are by what we see. Like, oh my gosh, what is happening right now? <laughs> Anybody? Um, we look at our circumstances and we get discouraged and our heart begins to fixate on them. I've talked to really strong believers this week and man, they, like one lady was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do if, if Trump doesn't win and she's about to faint. It's like, oh my gosh, calm down. God is still in control. <laughs> um, but it's just so easy to get fixated on these circumstances. Now, let me make this very clear. What you see, our circumstances, the things that are happening in our world today are real. It is real. Like this is really happening. Um, but what God says is don't look at just what's in front of you. Look beyond that. And we can see in 2 Corinthians 4, 19. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal that we need as believers need to look beyond the natural and look to what God is doing. Um, and as a people, sometimes it's really hard, especially when we're discouraged and we're feeling down. It's really hard to look beyond that. Um, do you remember way, uh, I don't know, maybe back in like the early nineties, um, there was the picture, that picture art. I was like, I don't know if it was like a bunch of like lines. We'll have a, an example of it. <laughs> and it was like one of those pictures where you had to like stare at it and kind of look beyond the um beyond the surface to see like that 3d image popping out um well i think that sometimes we need to like kind of like okay god you got to show us what you're doing we've got to look beyond the surface i love in uh second kings uh, chapter six where you see um elisha he wakes up he's with his servant and they wake up in the morning and the servant freaks out he's like oh my gosh, we are surrounded by the Arameans. Oh my gosh. And Isaiah's like, or uh, Elisha says, um, Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. So he prays for his, his brother and boom, the Lord opens the servant's eyes. And so now the servant can see not just the Aramean army that's surrounding them, 
but beyond that they can see the armies of the heavenly hosts and not just chariots but chariots of fire and I believe as the people of God we need to look beyond the natural look beyond the surface look to what is not seen and the Bible in this particular passage it says look up God encourages us today and says look up consider the stars now we all see the stars I mean the stars are beautiful um, I love where we live and how I just feel like sometimes you feel so close to the atmosphere and the stars um, but but this verse is saying consider the stars don't just like gaze up at them and say cool they're stars but like think about how far those stars are and how many and how vast uh, countless amounts of stars in the sky and God asks this question um, that he himself uh, answers who brings these stars out who calls them by name and not one of them is missing that God is saying hey you think I've forgotten you you think I've abandoned you you think I don't see what is going on look up consider the heavens I hung each one of those stars I call them by name I care he is the God who cares for the lilies of the field the God who cares for the sparrow how much more would God care for you and in verse 25 it says who can be compared to God his might his power who can you compare him with you cannot compare God to anyone and the way God addresses their concern of abandonment to look beyond what is seen is a comfort when you see I serve a big God it is a comfort to God's people he cares for the stars he cares for you and so when you are tempted to forget the greatness and the amazing awesomeness of God the exhortation here is to look up number two we need to wake up wake up the Lord says do you not know have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth he does not grow weary and his understanding no one can fathom we tend to think like this that when trials and storms when struggles come when things don't go our way or when things aren't happening fast enough when we're not being delivered quick enough uh, we tend to think our, our natural human tendency is we, we tend to think that God doesn't care or he, or he doesn't see or maybe he's abandoned or forgotten or overlooked or maybe he's asleep but again you may be asleep you may have forgotten but God does not grow tired or weary he does not slumber nor sleep as the psalmist says um, so we have look up wake up and wait up wait up i think as a people of god i know me i have a tendency to get excited about something and rush it uh, but this is where we get in trouble we need to wait up you see, uh, in the Old Testament, King Saul, he was commanded um, after, you know, they went into battle, he was commanded to wait 
for Samuel and Samuel do the sacrifice. Well, I mean, Saul got excited and he rushed it and he didn't wait. And this cost him his kingship. We see Abraham and, and the, the problem, uh, the really big problem that Abraham had when he didn't wait, when he was like, I don't see God doing the promise quick enough. And I think if I can work it out in my own strength and might and power, and he rushes and it ends up being a big problem for him. Maybe you are in a season of waiting where you are in that, the struggle is real. Maybe you're single and you're like, Lord, I've prayed and I've waited. And we see this so many times, whether we're doing marriage counseling, where people just rush into it. You know, we never hear people say, oh yeah, we waited way too long to get married. We usually hear people say, oh, we rushed into it. We should have waited. Or maybe it's our job. Maybe we, we are sick of the position that we're in. We're sick of doing the grunt work. It's like, I, I think I should be there already. I had goals. By this age, I wanted to be there. So we begin to manipulate and lie and try to leverage. Uh, maybe you've compared your financial status to that of your neighbors and your friends and your, I, I, I need more. I want more. And you take matters into your own hand and you begin cutting corners and begin uh, being dishonest. Um, whatever uh, the season, when we are in difficult situations and we think that God has forgotten us, we want to get out. I think that's like our survival mode, like, ah, uh, I'm abandoned, I'm forgotten, I'm in this really hard season and I'm gonna do whatever I can, depend on my strength to get me out of this. Um, anybody? <laughs> we try to do things in our own strength, we try to do things with our own strategy and we go full speed ahead in our own ways, and our own strength. It's hard, you guys, it's so hard to wait. Um, but for the believer, for the believer, there is a blessing in the waiting. That waiting is where our strength comes from. That we see in Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And you can just ask the ladies, we've been talking about the life of Joseph. Look at the life of Joseph. Look at the dream that God gave Joseph when he was 17 and how long it took for the fruition of that dream and all of the stuff in between. You look at Caleb. Caleb was promised that God said, I have an inheritance for you in the promised land. We see Caleb 45 years later walk into his inheritance. Um, ask David. David was anointed king as a young shepherd boy and did not step into that till many years later. God moves slow and he is not in a hurry. And this morning, church, if you are hearing me and if you are in pain, understand that I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I'm not trying to say, oh, just, you know, suck it up and move on. Just be strong in the Lord. Your pain, your discomfort, your trials, your struggles, those are real. You may feel weak this morning, but you can rest assured that you have a God who gives strength and power to the weak and weary.
and that it is okay to come before the Lord and wait on him and say, God, I need you. I'm weak and I'm weary and I'm discouraged. And as you slow down and as you wait on him, that he has encouragement for you. He has strength for you. And so this morning, I want to ask you, where does your hope lie? Is it in the next president of the United States? Is it, has it been in this economy that has crumbled and maybe it's rocked your world? Maybe it's in your paycheck. Maybe your hope lies in your physical strength. This morning, I want to encourage you with a story, and I'm sure it's a story that many of us are familiar with, and it's the story of John the Baptist. And uh, this past, I don't know, maybe month or so, I've kind of been studying and, and just being really encouraged by the life of John the Baptist. And, and I just want to share in closing that, you know, I can't get into all of it, but I promise you and I guarantee you that John the Baptist knew the book of Isaiah, the book that we are studying now. John the Baptist knew it. Um, Isaiah points us to the promise. It points us to the Messiah. It gives the people a messianic hope. Now remember, John the Baptist announced the coming of the Messiah. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And now he's in prison. Jesus is out doing miracles. And you see him pulling his disciples in and says, can you just ask him? Ask him if he's the one, if he's the Messiah that, that we thought he was. Go and ask. Um, and I believe that this question shows that John was maybe deeply discouraged. Like, is, is he even the one? Like, I'm his cousin. Like, he's out there ministering and I'm in here. Is he the one? And maybe he needed reassurance from Jesus. He needed an encouraging word in this dark moment of being in prison. Or maybe he wanted Jesus to take action, like do something. You're doing all those miracles. Get me out of here. And we see this with John asking his disciples. And, in, and Jesus, you know, the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, we just talked to your cousin, your cousin. Okay, I love you guys. I, I was very close with my cousins growing up. And to this day, um, just to have a phone conversation or to see them face to face, it's like so amazing to have cousins. It's like extended brothers and sisters. It's just the best. Okay, so Jesus's cousin is in jail and so john the baptist's disciples come to jesus and they say yo your cousin he's in jail and he wants to know are you the one or should we be waiting for someone else like do something jesus and it's at this moment in luke 22 that jesus declares the words of isaiah to john he says this go back and report to john what you have seen and heard, 
the blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. That in this answer, he is saying, John, the fulfillment of scripture has come. Be encouraged that the Messiah, the living hope, the living word is here, that the blind are seeing, the deaf can hear, that the dead are rise. The Messiah has come. And then Jesus says this after, and I don't know if you caught it, but it's verse 23. He says, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And he's saying, John, I know, I know that I'm out here doing these miracles and you're in there, but don't let discouragement consume you. When you're in the dark, when you're in the depths, be encouraged when you feel like you're all alone and that God doesn't see. I see and I know and God knows. Jesus knows what's going to happen to John next, that it's over for him. And so the disciples go back and report this to John. But those people who are around, what Jesus begins to say about his cousin is that his cousin was the forerunner, the, the voice in the desert that was saying, prepare the way. And the time is now that the kingdom has come. And we see that John is not just a forerunner to the, the ministry of Jesus, but John was also a forerunner to the death of Jesus. That John had this privilege to pave the way for him, but he never got to see. And maybe in heaven, the Lord allowed him to see the unfolding of the story and the significance of John's life where John was obscure and overlooked and kind of you know, weird, and, and now he's ending his life in prison. And, and we see um, that Jesus says that there is no greater man than John the Baptist. There is no greater man in the kingdom than my cousin. And that he is honored in such a way by Jesus for his faithfulness. And that even, even the greatest of us have the tendency to be discouraged, even the greatest you know, where it was said of John the Baptist, like he's the greatest of them all and, and that he was discouraged. And Jesus says, don't, don't be discouraged. Don't let it consume you. I am here. The Messiah has come. And so today I want to ask you this morning is where is your hope? Do you not know? Have you not heard? that the Lord is the everlasting God and he has sent Jesus into the world to save you. And Jesus does not forget his people. Look to Jesus this morning and find hope in him. And if you have not said yes to Jesus, I encourage you to give your life to him this morning. The Messiah has come. He's here. His kingdom is ruling and reigning now. Um, give your life to him. And maybe, maybe this COVID ha has just been really overwhelming and really consuming. And now everything with the elections and, and just the turmoil that our country feels like it's in. 
Maybe you have been so discouraged and so um, focused on the wrong thing. I want to encourage you today to turn back to Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. He is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Um, and, and, and through him and, and in him, we live and move and breathe. And so I just want to pray for you. Um, if, if you need prayer, hey, we want to talk with you. So call us, text us, email, um, and let us know. And, and if you are saying yes to Jesus for the first time, you can type yes. Or if you want to recommit your life, um, you can write like, I recommit or I want to reset, like, give me that holy do over Lord. This year is not over yet. And we can finish this year stronger with the Lord than what we started. Amen. And so would you pray with me today? Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we thank you, God, that you are the God who gives comfort and encouragement to your people. Lord, that we see that even in the darkness, even in the confusion, even when we feel and we can't, um, we feel like maybe alone, Lord, you are there, you are working and you are doing something. And so Lord, right now I pray for a Holy Spirit encouragement for everybody who is waiting on you. Lord, this morning as we reset our hopes, we reset our priorities. Lord, I pray God that we would wait on you and that our strength would be renewed. And Lord, for those this morning that say like, I've, I've, I've never received Christ. I've never walked with him before. Um, would you just say this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Would you cleanse me and make me new? Give me a peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the dead. I ask, Lord, that you come into my heart. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope that you are encouraged today. And I mean it when I say, if you need prayer or if you need to talk, uh, we are here for you. I mean, praise God for the blessing of relationship that we see, you know, even in scripture today, that two cousins, uh, John, John, who is great in God's kingdom, said, like, I'm dying on the vine here. And he called out to Jesus and Jesus gave him encouragement and that we can do that for each other. And so if you need encouragement or if you need prayer, um, please reach out. You guys, you know our, our phone numbers and our text texting numbers and our emails and so we look forward to connecting with you we are praying for you we love you and god bless we'll see you next week